May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. This is the Conquering Your Fibromyalgia podcast. I am your host, Dr. Michael Lenz, author of the book, Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, Real Answers and Real Solutions for Real Pain. I have been a doctor for over 26 years. I am a pediatrician and internal medicine doctor, which is a doctor for adults, a clinical lipidologist, as well as a lifestyle medicine physician. My goal is to help inform, inspire, and equip those who are struggling with fibromyalgia. This is meant for those who have fibromyalgia, their loved ones and medical doctors, or others in healthcare to grow in their understanding. This podcast, as with the book, are meant for educational purposes only. Make sure all your signs and symptoms are discussed with your own personal medical physician. On this week's episode, we will continue the conversation with Adam as he discusses his journey going from a chronic Lyme diagnosis to fibromyalgia and his recovery. Here are some of what you can look forward to on this week's episode. I was listening to a TikTok video from a functional medicine doctor who said, you don't want to be diagnosed with fibro. When you're sick for a long time, it's, I'm not really looking to feel great. I'm just looking to feel normal, right? I just want to wake up and not be thinking all day about how to internally manage myself so that somebody I'm with maybe never knows how I'm feeling. But like I used to say it was like a marionette puppet or somebody inside your body with the strings, right? Just making me look great while I'm overly managing it. We have to learn and hearing stories that there are real people like you who've gone through real suffering and yet having real hope. And now on to this week's episode. Like in the United States, there's Thanksgiving coming up. And in the upper part of the States, you might be driving to Chicago. And yeah. maybe you might be thinking, I'm going to watch hours of football and sit around and it might be before we drive there, I want to go for a walk for a half hour or an hour and then get in the car and then have maybe lunch and then say, Hey, who wants to go for a walk with me? And knowing I just have to keep active and I want to make sure I eat healthy. And it's a blessing if there aren't other major injuries that get in the way that keep you from doing that. And there may be things that come up, but I can now reset. I've been through this. All right. Let's keep on getting back on track and just knowing how you're wired and having that hope. One of the neat things is I've always wanted to interview a guy who has had the diagnosis of fibromyalgia. We often think of just a middle-aged woman disease. Guys get this. It's probably 40% men to 60% women. It used to be thought of 90% women and only 10% men. That was based on older criteria, which relied on tender point testing, which does not always show up in men. The other observation that I've seen in everybody is that most people were very active 
earlier in their life. And if somebody saw you when you were at the deepest struggles that you were going through with this, would never have guessed that you were a very high level athlete playing in high school year round being active. Yet you were, and you had that and would never have thought that you would ever have gotten to this point because you always were active. And I think validating that these aren't lazy people. They may come across as being very sedentary now and not being as active, but somewhere along the line, they just didn't know that activity is important. And sometimes you can get caught where if you push it too hard and you're at a level of zero and you try to push it to a hundred, sometimes it can make it worse. And you push through that. And some people can, I think having that emotional supportive environment and probably the history of that athlete and that successful entrepreneur mindset of pushing through adversity to hopefully see some success, some delayed gratification, and maybe pain and discomfort in the short term, investing in that, hoping that'll get better and knowing that there is an option All of these things work together with fibromyalgia. Rarely is there one home run where all I did was just change to a vegan diet or all I did was just exercise a lot. All I did was just get diagnosed and treated for my restless leg or sleep apnea or ADHD or other issues. It's all of these working together. And that's the problem often in medicine is we don't have a lot of doctors who are interested in this or feel comfortable or who have a lot of training. And so that physiatrists, they're not psychiatrists, they're not neurologists, they're not internal medicine doctors, they don't treat irritable bowel, they might talk about eating plant-based, some do, but didn't necessarily trigger these other things and said about 80% accurate. It's really not that hard to diagnose fibromyalgia anymore than it is a migraine. You can diagnose, but not having that 100% confidence. And of course, when he said 80%, that's not the most confident and there wasn't, and we can help you get through this. That's that follow-up. And a lot of times people are left with, think you have now what? There wasn't, go see Dr. Lenz. Yeah, I work with him and has a comprehensive approach. And hopefully there's more doctors out there who will get a deeper understanding. It's been said that doctors didn't have training on COVID and most doctors haven't had training on fibromyalgia in their residency and training. We have to learn and hearing stories that there are real people like you who've gone through real suffering and yet having real hope that, hey, I can get better. I can stay better. It's nice to hear that. Any thoughts that you wanted to share for somebody right now who might be where you were when you were struggling and maybe has gone through months, if not years, potentially, of some of these non-traditional alternative medicine paths when they've been dismissed by traditional medicine or blown off or not offered any helpful answers and solutions. Any thoughts? What would I tell them? What would you say to somebody right now who's where you were? First thing is don't give up hope because when you're sick for a long time, it's a very powerful tool to be hopeful. Stories like mine or stories like others. And again, I'm not perfect. I've changed my definition. I've had this term called chasing normal, right? When you're sick for a long time, it's, I'm not really looking to feel great. I'm just looking to feel normal, right? I just want to wake up and not be thinking all day about how to internally manage myself so that 
somebody I'm with maybe never knows how I'm feeling, but like I used to say it was like a marionette puppet or somebody inside your body with the strings, right? Just making me look great while I'm overly managing it. So I would say don't give up hope. It's one, you mentioned it. You said catastrophizing. Everybody should look at that. If you haven't yet figured out what's going to work to make you better, right? If it's fibromyalgia, you find somebody like Dr. Lenz. There are people out there that are willing to help, but I think you're, you need to also look internally at, at what you say is catastrophizing or the neuroplasticity of your body. That if it's something that comes and goes, like I said, up my wrists and my knee, if it isn't there all the time, then that's not where the problem lies, right? If my wrists can feel great for three days and hurt for three hours and feel great for three days or my fingers, then there's nothing wrong with them. You know what I'm saying? It's somewhere else. It's in that balance in my mind. And trying to figure out and find somebody that can help you get rebalanced and knowing that is possible. Because if you can feel good for five minutes, you can feel good for 10, right? If you feel good part of the day, why can't you feel good all the time? That's hope. Just those things like that, that latch onto those things and go after them because there is no exact answer, right? If you go down an exact answer and you're listening to someone like me on a different podcast, you'll end up going down the wrong road because that's what somebody told you to do. And I think that would be the worst advice I could give anybody. But what I would tell somebody is start with yourself and start with some of these programs that you can learn about that can, you can start doing some exercises even mentally to start being aware. And if you can start to look at these things without fear, right. And you become an observer of what's going on in your body versus someone that's scared as heck, like I was about it initially. I think that can open up doors. That's how I found you because I was open to it. And I started to look at what was happening to me a little bit differently through what was called brain training or neuroplasticity or these kinds of things. There's hope. I think that your approach, you're doing a podcast on fibromyalgia, but who's to say some of the people that you're helping don't have it, right? But your approach, your holistic approach to rebalancing people is working, right? Now, I'm not saying it, because fibromyalgia is the name of something that is associated to the symptoms, right? Find that you've discovered some really great variables that you put together that make people become whole again, right? And you put me back into the balance, right? Help me get into balance inside of my body. People should probably get less hung up on the terms of what people tell them that they are or that they have and start to think about how someone like you or something help them get back into balance. That's what I would say. That's really hopeful advice. And I hope those who are listening and hearing your story will be definitely encouraged. There's so many things that came to mind when you were talking. I've thought, should I come up with some protocol and having some algorithm and putting this together? But this is a complicated problem. We have some things that have protocols for trying to treat type 2 diabetes. And there's different options in there, but they're relatively easy in one sense compared to fibromyalgia because there's so many things that affect it that are much more complicated than a one cardiovascular disease, even though there's a lot of factors that affect it from lifestyle and diet and exercise and genetics. And I am really not wanting to put any specific protocol What's your secret? And I say the secret is education, understanding, and then trying to blend the best of both medical management with lifestyle medicine. 
and identifying if there are some coexisting health issues that are going on that are contributing. Maybe somebody has ADHD, maybe they don't, maybe they have RLS, maybe they don't, or sleep apnea, or they have other issues that are going on that can be addressed. And then recognizing that maybe your diet change helps 20% and exercise helps another 30% pacing. And then recognizing, well, I got an activity monitor and maybe you need 12 to 15,000 activity steps a day to feel the best. And you just know that. So as we get from the summer into the winter, okay, I just got to keep doing that and keep that active and recognizing it's probably not a good idea to get that flight at five in the morning to go on a vacation somewhere warm. Maybe we'll just take the 1030 flight, not rush, not be exhausted and (laughs) have a great time and just realize that it's not that extra four hours of sunshine in a warm place is probably not worth it and how those are all put together. And also I think helpful for your wife to learn about this so that they can help understand and be supportive. I think sometimes if they don't understand and not saying your wife, but a lot of times spouses don't understand what they're going through. Interestingly, you were told you had fibro. And I'm just curious, what was the follow-up on that? When he told me that, he was helping me with my back, and uh, I just ran with it from there. So once I got that information with him, I didn't have any follow-up. So you felt, okay, I probably do have this. His 80% made me say to myself, I'm going to research and take a look at it, which led me down a couple different paths that led me to you. And after listening to your podcast, really, and getting really into the research of it, reading your book and listening and reading countless other things, that's how I came to the decision that not only was the approach that you were talking about could help me. I'm not taking anything away from the term fibromyalgia, but it's just a word, right? It's just a word. The symptoms and the hamster wheel that I was on all those years is all I was concerned about. And The term fibromyalgia, it fits me because of you and the approach that you've taken and that approach that helped me get back into balance. Because right now you're using variables to get people to get back to what they're doing. But as of yet, there's no pill you're giving anybody, unless I'm missing it, that cures fibromyalgia. Doing a score and seeing what's bothering people and using the tools that you have at your disposal to make them peel those layers back to feel better. So that's what you did for me. That was like the unlock for me. I was like, wait a minute. I'm listening to his podcast about how he's listening to his patients. I'm listening to the symptomology and how what you're doing, you call it singles or doubles or baseball <laughs> terminology, baseball player, not me. So I started to listen to those and those things resonated with me. And I said, wait a minute. I've done a little bit of this and eating better, working out, the ADHD component, all those different things and speaking with you. It resonated with me and it made me feel better. So that's why I say I have fibromyalgia. Because truthfully, like if you break it down for, for the patient, it, it, anyway, what I learned over time is it's, a, it's really, everybody's different. I just knew what was bothering me and I hadn't been able to find the right person to help. And when you went through this at a recent patient who had been diagnosed and told they had chronic Lyme, they had been told they had fibro. They were given mm-hmm. duloxetine, which is generic for Zimbalta, and never had a fibromyalgia impact score. Maybe she went from 65 to 47, hypothetically. But yeah. it doesn't, you're not looking for a 12.7% improvement. You want to have right. your strep throat cured. 
within a week, your sore throat's better. When you're having that partial, you don't think it's success from what we think in medicine. We have this expectation. And what's interesting, her rheumatologists often may make that initial diagnosis, but just aren't implementing all of the toolboxes that that I implement with a whole organ, multi-organ system, holistic kind of approach, had said to her, how's your marriage going? She's we're going good. That's good. A lot of people end up divorced because their husbands are very frustrated with them. And like I've talked with a recent podcast with Dr. Shayette on migraines, she said sometimes when the child adolescent has these chronic migraines, chronic headaches, fibromyalgia type symptoms, that sometimes one of the parent is maybe she's just malingering. Maybe she's just faking this all. Maybe she's going to the school nurse and just seeking attention. Maybe there really isn't something wrong. And that can be highly frustrating. And I hope, and I know I've had many people who read the book and listen to the podcast at a minimum, they're validated that what they're going through is real, but hope. And part of what drove me probably four or five years ago to start thinking about writing a book was there often was, as you maybe initially searched on fibromyalgia, not a lot of hope. No. It's you got it and you're just stuck with a chronic, uncurable problem. I was listening to a TikTok video from a functional medicine doctor who said, you don't want to be diagnosed with fibro. It's not a real, fibromyalgia is not a real problem. You want to get something real like an infection and people can relate. I think the appeal of chronic Lyme is people can relate to the idea there's an infection in your body. I did a podcast, a series on Margaret Mitchell and that whole infection idea was germinating. And in the 1920s, the big idea is we have a pocket of infection and maybe we'll take your tonsils out. And that's the problem. Or maybe you have infected teeth. And that's the problem. And it's spreading and you have these germs leaking through your body. So it's very appealing. And that is partially true uh, that you can have infection, but that doesn't explain the fibromyalgia in completeness and thoroughness. And then you're left with them not getting better. And another patient I had were through the similar protocols that you had spending over $80,000 taking handfuls of pills where it was causing her to have an upset stomach each morning of going through this and just by chance a friend of hers was with her mom in the clinic and brought up how a friend's going through fibromyalgia and and struggling and is thinking of and reconsidering the Lyme diagnosis. And I said, she's interested. (laughs) I had a patient of mine who's was in a teenager and the mom, I was a child was struggling with migraines. I said, listen to the podcast. And she started listening to this and how she's devoured the first 15 episodes because she likes to go in order, unlike you. And she's, oh my goodness, can I get an appointment? She said, I, I called and, it, and it's going to be seven months to get in. And, but they right. said, if you talk to Dr. Lynch, maybe you can get in sooner. And so I said, tell him, I'll try to get a time. I said, so, okay, I'd love to help you. And I said, when you get a chance, write down your story. And if you get a chance, read the book or listen to the podcast. And the more she was listening, so much resonated with what she went through. And then she said, my mom's always said she's had chronic arthritis. Going back to her 40s, I think mom's actually got fibromyalgia. She said, I remember when you were saying in a podcast episode how often runs in families when you start to look at some of these factors and having the connection 
And yet we don't always have a name or label. When we ask what is the label or name, part of it is for research. We have to have some defining some things so we can help know if somebody got better. That's why I like having the fibromyalgia impact score. And if you don't know what absolutely one of the earlier episodes that how bad is my fibro? Do I have fibro, the widespread pain index, symptom severity score? And if you're able to go through that, you still should be working with your doctor along with that. But that can be that self-advocacy to help work to move in that direction to get better. I think a lot of times most people who are going through the struggles like you have to be a self-advocate or their loved one has to be helping advocate to trying to search and help understand. One of the reasons why I started writing the book, going back to where I was talking four or five years ago, is that often there was that hopelessness or there was solutions that weren't fully evidence-based. And there were also some things that were not included, the recognition of some of these other coexisting and trying to keep up to date with that and offering that you can get better and people do get better. And I thought there's just nothing that's completely out there that fully covers that. And I haven't quartered. There's so much more to be said. I think of the podcast as a supplement to what's covered in the book to help people grow and understand. And I know that some people, there's a version in audio book as well, but I know that hopefully the podcast can be continuing these conversations. When I wrote the book in the year 2020, COVID was just starting. And I remember thinking and just hearing a little bit about this long haul COVID, but we were just having an election and vaccines were coming out and some people were having these persistent symptoms. There were some who were having these and there was that fear and anxiety of unknowns. And I remember positing the hypothesis that I got a feeling some of the long haul COVID syndrome symptoms may actually in patients going through this may overlap with what we consider that fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. Again, thank you so much for having us. It's been a pleasure to getting you to share your story. And I know that other people out there are listening. I think people like hearing stories of just a real person. You're not a paid actor. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm definitely not a paid actor. And I appreciate everything you've done for me, for my family. It was an absolute, my pleasure to, to, if there's any, if it helps one person, it's definitely worth doing. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review and share with others. That way, this message of hope can get to more of those who are struggling. Until next week, go Team Vibram.